welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. The following podcast is from the Sword of the Spirit Bible Conference. This is the evening service of Wednesday the 21st of February 2018, entitled Learning Your Level of Pressure. And the Bible reading is taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Here's Brother Brian Beaver. Well, good evening. Good, it's good to see everybody here. I thank God for the uh, privilege of being back in Birmingham. And uh, I'm so honored uh, to be preaching with my brother, uh, Dave, and uh, what a blessing uh, to be um, to be here with uh, you guys. I thank God for this place. We've seen a lot of things happen in this building in the past years. Um, I'm just honored and thankful uh, for the uh, the opportunity to to not only preach uh, but to fellowship with God's people. It's a blessing uh, to see all of you, and I hope and pray that this week. There's so much that he and I would like to say, and we're probably not going to get it all out. We'll try. We're going to try real hard to give you everything and just load the gun and shoot it at you every night and try to hit you with the gospel. But if listen, if you don't get anything else from this week, just get this one thing, that God loves you, not because of what you do or who you are, but in spite of what you are. I mean, God loves you. doesn't matter really what you've been through in the past. Every saint has a past. Every sinner has a future. And so I want you to just listen on purpose tonight. Um, I, I really battled with what to start with because at the beginning of a meeting, you want to be as encouraging as you can. And But I have to be honest with you, most of the time as preachers, we normally are trying, and, and this is the truth, we normally preach to you guys questions that'll never be asked. Most of the people that come to us are not going to ask us the questions that we preach trying to answer. I'm trying to answer a question tonight that maybe you would never ask out in public. In other words, there may be somebody here tonight and you're struggling with, uh, with depression. You're struggling with anxiety. You may have a stronghold of addiction. I don't know what it is. You may have had suicidal tendencies. Whatever it is tonight, I want to allow the Holy Spirit of God to take the Word of God and try to answer those questions. So I want you to look at 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. I want you to look at verse number 1. I'm going to start there. I'll get into our text. But I want to start in verse number 1. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. And look at verse number 1. It says, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. Now, ladies and gentlemen... We're living in a day and age where it's time for us to not give up. We don't need to quit. God's given us mercy. And by the way, folks, aren't you glad we serve a God who's merciful? Aren't you glad that we know that every single day we get up and put our feet on the ground and breathe God's air? It's of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed. His compassions fail not. They're new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. I'm so thankful that I serve a God who's not only gracious but merciful. Amen? Grace is getting what you don't deserve and mercy is not getting what you do deserve. Amen? And so thank God for His grace and His mercy. But ladies and gentlemen, He says He gives us that grace so we won't faint. We won't give up. There's a lot of people that quit. And can I say this from here in the back row? It doesn't take any amount of character to quit. I made a decision to get on a plane to come over here. I'm going to be quite honest with you. I just got over strep throat. I made a conscious decision to try to get well enough to get on a plane and come to be with my brethren in England. But that took a decision on my part. You've got to decide. 
you got to make a choice whether you're going to see the glass half full or half empty. Amen? And so it's time for us not to give up. That's not my message. I might get to that a little bit more this week, but it's not our, it's not our duty. And I love the transparency of Paul. I love the fact that Paul is a transparent preacher. He doesn't just sit up here on an ivory tower and act like nothing's wrong. No, Paul says, listen, I've been through some things. Amen? I've been through something. And ladies and gentlemen, do you ever like those people that just go through things and it never shows? I mean, no, I, I kind of hate those people. No, I'm just, I kind of I kind of dislike somebody that just goes through things and it's like nothing affects them. I've got a friend, Brother David, it's in Georgia. He used to be um, in the business profession, but now he's an MMA fighter. I don't know how he got transformed over to an MMA fighter, but he fights in an octagon. And uh, this guy, amen, this guy loves Jesus. I mean, he knocks people out in the name of the Lord. I mean, amen. And, but this guy gets in an MMA ring, and I'll be honest with you, the first fight I ever saw him fight, it took him about 40 seconds to knock the guy out. I got to him, and I said, hey, man, I called him on the phone. I said, man, you made that look so easy. I said, it was almost like I wanted you to fight longer because I wanted to see more. And I said, you made it look too easy. He said this to me. He said, don't ever say that to me again. I said, why? He said, because you don't understand what it took for me to get to the point to take, take that guy out in 40 seconds. It took six months of training in agony to get to the point to where I could take that guy. Ladies and gentlemen, you know what? Sometimes we go through things and we don't understand why at the point that we're going through it, why we're going through it. But can I say this? If you got the right why, you can put up with a lot of what? Amen. If you've got the right why, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God and the salvation. Ladies and gentlemen, I got the right why. And because of that, I can put up with a lot, Hannah, of what? So you say, preacher, what's your point tonight? I really don't have one, to be honest with you. I'm just trying to point you to Calvary. I want you to look at the scripture. Look at verse number five. Let's fall down to verse number five. Uh, Paul makes this statement. He says, you know what? I've got ministry, I've got mercy, and I've got manifestation of the Spirit of God and the power of God on me. It's not hid. If the gospel be hid, it's him to that that are lost. He says, ladies and gentlemen, I'm to live circumspectly. I'm to live out in front with a clear conscience to people to let them know I'm a living epistle. Amen? Red of men. And ladies and gentlemen, Paul says this in verse 5. Look at it. He says, for we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. It would do us good to take a lesson from the Apostle Paul that we are not called to be big shots. We're not called to be something that's over people. We're not the Lord over them. We're to love them and lead them and try to be a servant to them. Amen? There's no superiors nor inferiors in the work of Christ, only equals. The ground's level at the foot of the cross. Son, I feel like preaching tonight. I want you to look at verse number 6. For God who commanded the light to shine out of the darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But, I love when God butts in. God, He says, but we have this treasure. Brother Dave, do you understand? God could have chosen any other way to propagate the gospel. He could have sent back Isaiah. He could have sent back Elijah and Elisha. But no, he could have gotten a group of angels to come and propagate the gospel. But he didn't do that. Paul says, but we have this treasure. What treasure do we have? Oh, my soul. 
We've got this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of power may be of God, Alex, and not of us. Can I explain something, ladies and gentlemen? We have the power and the treasure of the greatest news that the world's ever needed to know and has known. That Jesus Christ died, was put in a grave, but three days later He got up. Amen? Amen. Son, I feel something. I'm telling you, I ain't even got the kickstand kicked out. Man, I'm ready to go. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. But by the way, guys, it doesn't come without a price. You know the false sense that we've got in Christianity today? And I don't mean to hurt somebody's feelings. I hope I say something to make you hate sin and love Jesus more. I don't mean to hurt your feelings, but I'm going to tell you right now, if you're going to serve Jesus Christ, I'm going to give you something that's been false and been taught, and it's not right. It's going to cost you something to serve the Lord Jesus. This ain't something, listen, it costs our Savior a great price. And he says, all I ask you to be is a living sacrifice unto me, not a dead one. Ladies and gentlemen, you say, why are you so passionate about this? It's because of the next two verses, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to tell you right now that some of you in this room are going through things right now that you have no concept of why it's happening to you. Can I get an amen? You say, why is this happening to me? You ought to say, why not? Why not me? Amen? Look at what Paul says. Now, Paul's got some transparency. But by the way, me and Dave were talking today. Paul's transparency was not equated with reveling. He didn't revel in what he was going through. He didn't say, oh, what was me? Look at me, 1-800-WAH, you know, you know, call the ambulance. He wasn't sitting to have a pity party. This wasn't some Pauline pity party. He was saying these words. I've been through something. Look at what he says. We are troubled. That word trouble means pressed or pressed upon on every side. Look at what he says. Yet we're not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Y'all people won't even let me get the scripture read for you. You're so excited, amen? Just let calm down and let me read this, all right? Look at what he says in verse 10. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of that glorious one might be made manifest in our body. Fall down to verse 15. For all these things are for your sakes that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perishes, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Oh, sometimes I say, Lord, why? Why does it seem so hard? Why do I feel like I'm under such pressure? Let me give you something real quick. You ain't got no pressure. You ain't got no power. I'll get back to that. I want you to look at verse 16 or go to verse 17. For our light affliction. Can I explain something, folks? What you're going through right now, what you guys experienced in, the, in, the, in, the, uh, in, in Romania today was a light affliction. You say it didn't feel like it at the time. No, nothing ever does. It always feels like it's going to overwhelm us. And we're going to succumb to it. But no, ladies and gentlemen, it says for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us a more exceeding and eternal weight of what? Glory. This is all about the glory of God. 
Oh, I used to think that the salvation of a soul was the ultimate glory of God. I used to think that God would call someone who needs nobody, the God that made everything out of nothing, uses somebody to glorify Him. And I thought that was the, that was for, that was the glory of God. That was what it was for. But ladies and gentlemen, you know what I found out? I found out that everything in life is only a means to an end. And the end thereof is that men might glorify Him. Amen? Point people to Him. Ladies and gentlemen, look at verse 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. But the things which are not seen are eternal. You say, preacher, what's your point? I read the whole chapter. I know you're probably saying, well, let's go to the Lord in prayer and let's go home. <laughs> I'm not done. I want you to listen to me. I want to preach to you tonight on this, on this subject. How to learn your level of pressure. How to learn your level of pressure. I want you to look back at verse number uh, 7. Verse number 7. And I want you to think with me tonight on a few thoughts. First of all, you know when I was saying how some people make things look so easy. Amen. I remember when my kids were born, Dave, my wife, my, my wife who was the love of my life, she made parenting look so easy. I mean, it was just like it was effortless. And until she left them with me for 35 minutes, I had to call on the phone and say, get back here before I kill them. Amen. <laughs> I wish I would have said celibate. I mean, it was that part. Part of me said, you made it look so easy, but you know what? There's part of her that would say, you know, it might have looked easy, but it wasn't easy. There had to be some effort. There had to be a decision made on the part of my wife to go, hey, I'm not going to look at the problems. I'm not going to look at the distress. I'm not going to look at the Oreos all over the floor. Amen? I'm going to look at the Cheerios all over the floor. I probably use a colloquialism that y'all don't understand because y'all looking at me like a deer in headlights. And that's another one that you don't understand either. But can I say this, folks? There's, there's some people that make things look so easy. Paul said, hey, listen, it might have looked easy when I went through a shipwreck. It might have looked easy when I got beat with rods. I might have even looked easy when I died and came back to life. But let me tell you something. I went through some things. I was pressed upon, troubled on every side, but I wasn't distressed. I was perplexed. That's a mental, that's a mental, that's a mental attack. I wonder who in here tonight is going through a mental attack. Because you know what I'm going to talk about this weekend and Brother Dave and I are going to talk about? We're going to talk about where the real battle is fought. And it's not on a field, it's in your mind. Some of you right now are saying, oh, I hope he hadn't read my mail. This guy must know something about me. No, I'm, I, listen, I don't know where you live, but I'm going to tell you right now, every person that comes to me tells me about problems in their life that are nothing but surface issues. You've got to get to the root problem. And for, folks, let me say this right now. If you got pressure in your life, some of it may be caused as a fruit problem, not a root problem. But if you got bad fruit, you got a bad root. Amen? You can say amen. Y'all don't, don't understand that even if I am country. Amen? <laughs> even if I am from North Carolina. If you got fruit problems, you got a root problem. And ladies and gentlemen, maybe the reason why you're going through pressure. I had a friend of mine come to me, Alex. He made this statement to me one day. I said, brother, when you go through something, you've got six kids. I said, yeah, that's enough to make you pray. I said, listen, and that's why Larry's hair is gray. But anyway, 
<laughs> you know, it's like Janie makes it look so easy. You know, she makes it look so easy to, to parent all those youngins. And now I've got grandkids. Go have more coming. What I'm saying, folks, is this. This guy looked at me and I said, let me ask you a question. Why do you make things look so easy? I know the pressure you're under. You're a businessman. You've got people that answer to you. Why do you make it? How do you make it look so easy? And this is what he said to me. He said, pressure management. Pressure management. Managing pressure. I said, well, how do you do it? He said, well, let me tell you. He said, this is how I, this is how I got through life and didn't have an affair. I didn't go out and shoot one and kill one of the deacons. This is what I did. I said, okay. I said, what is it? How do you, how do you, ma- how do you manage said pressure? How do you manage that? You know what he said to me? He said, play. I said, I thought he said, pray. I thought I, had mis- I-, I, thought I misunderstood him. He said, play. I said, oh, you mean pray. Like we tell everybody to pray. You've got a problem praying. But yet sometimes we don't even tell you how to pray or what to pray about. Just tell you to pray. No, he didn't say pray. He said play. I said, what are you talking about? He said, every day of my life, whether I'm in the ministry, whether I'm in my place of of vocation, he said, when I get home, whatever problem's going on, I'll just call the kids in and we play on the the floor. He He said, you know what that does? It alleviates that pressure. Because what it does, it takes your mind off all the other accoutrements of life that can distract you. Come on now, help me out. Can I just talk to you a minute? There has to come a time when you just play. I've got a hobby. Dave, I know you've got a hobby. My hobby is golf. If I get under pressure, you know what I do, Daniel? I go do, do, do something real spiritual like play around to golf. <laughs> I like doing that. That's my, that's my pressure valve. My pressure release valve. Ladies and gentlemen, let me ask you a question. Do you, is there ever a time, a time in your life when you just hang everything outside the door and all the pressures of life and you just say, you know what, Lord, I'm just going to enjoy you and we're just going to have a good play day. You know what we did as kids? When, when I, my kids were growing up, we had a thing that we did every night. When I came home and I walked through the door, Brother Dave, my kids, I would hear them. And they'd go jump on the bed and just spread eagle like this. And they, were, they would wait for me because we had a game. You know what it was called? It was called the claw. Huh? And I'd get to David, I'd get the claw out. And old Seth would hey, get on the we had all kind of we had all kind of holds and had maneuvers. We had one called the Catawba County Cobra Clutch. Amen. We had one called the Hickory Half Hitch. We had one called the Statesville Stranglehold. Now I, I ain't gonna demonstrate that on some of y'all. But we had all these things because that's where we used to live. We kind of attributed it to where we'd traveled or where we'd lived. But the claw would get on them, man, and I'm telling you, that's they love that. And I'll be honest with you, I like torture. I mean, playing with my kids. <laughs> but I can remember Seth. I can remember Seth, my, young, my younger son, who's not with us anymore. I can remember him saying this. He would come to me before we get off the bed, and before we even started, he'd say, Hey, Daddy, what level of pressure are we going to do this at? He said, We doing this at your level or my level? Because if it's at your level, it's going to be a bad experience. <laughs> Because it got aggressive. I had to tell Veronica, leave the home, go to the shopping center. We're going to play the claw. Amen? Have you ever, can I ask you a question? Have you ever, Nathan, wanted to ask God, God, what level of pressure are we on right now? Because if I'm going to trust you, if I'm really going to depend on you, God, could you tell me what level of pressure that I'm going to go through in this situation? Have you ever wanted to ask God that? I have. Oh, God can't be addressed that way. No, he can't. Yeah, he can. He's my daddy. I can say, Lord, you know what? What kind of pressure are we going to go through on this one? Amen? 
Let me ask you a question. If you're going to get through whatever level of pressure, I want you to see two things. Number one, the reason for pressure. The reason for pressure. Why does pressure come? Well, I can tell you why it comes. The first one is this. Paul addresses it. He says, number one, with privilege comes pressure. Can I say it again? With privilege comes pressure. Abraham Lincoln made this statement, Brother Dave. He said, a trusted man is always a tempted man. Winston, I know y'all know this gentleman. Winston Churchill made this statement. He said, the price of greatness is responsibility. And every trusted man is going to be a tempted man. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're in leadership, don't you ever succumb to the point where you think, if I get out from under all this pressure, I'm going to be a better leader. No, God's going to heap more on you so you'll totally depend and trust Him. Have you ever thought about it? I mean, here Paul is. The book of Acts brings to recount the fact that here he was. He gets put on a ship. The ship goes to awry. The storm comes aboard. They say, hey, y'all need to jump off and y'all need to swim to safety. They do. They come to an island called Melita or Malta. They get in this island. All the barbarians said, hey, come on. We need you. And he starts and guess what? He takes a bundle of sticks and takes them over to start a fire and a viper, a snake, latches onto his hand. And they went, well, he's going to die. Guess what he did? He shook it off. He shook it off. He didn't swell. He didn't get poisoned. He didn't die. And if I can say this, in the illustrious spirit of Taylor Swift, haters are going to hate, players are going to play, but I'm just going to shake it off. Amen? There's a time in your life where you got to just shake it off. And you know what Paul said? Hey, it might have looked easy what I went through, but you didn't see what was going on in the inside of me. He said, I was troubled about on every side. Can I ask you a question? Have you ever gotten to a position to where you got pressure from one side, but you had some relief from the other three? You know what Paul said? I didn't get no relief from either or any of them. I got it from every side. How many of you have ever heard this statement? Pressure produces diamonds. Amen? It does. Pressure does produce diamonds. But I can also tell you what it does produce after that. Pressure can produce dumb decisions. Pressures, if you're not careful, can, do, can, can produce divorce. If you're not careful, pressure can produce you to be the proud owner of a timeshare. <laughs> Amen. But anyway, what you've got to understand is you can't be pressured. Pressure, ladies and gentlemen, listen to me now. Pressure always comes to those that are privileged. Always comes to those that are privileged. If God's given you a responsibility, you're going to be pressured. Amen? So that leads me to the second one. Paul was transparent. He said, hey, I was pressured. I was troubled. That has to do with physical. That has to do with physical pressure. He said, I was perplexed. That has to do with the mental state. Hey, by the way, folks, can I say this? The writer of Proverbs told his son, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And so what you've got to do is you've got to be careful that you don't let your faculty called your mind be perplexed by all the outside agents. But you've got to totally look from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord. Amen? You've got to look to Him. Because you know what David had to do? David had to get to a point to where he said, What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. So ladies and gentlemen, 
Privilege produces pressure. With privilege comes pressure. Number two, this is the second thing that it does. Look down at verse number seven again. David says with pride comes pressure. Or excuse me, with privilege comes pressure. But number two, with pride comes pressure. You say, what are you trying to say? David said, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Can I say this? Micah 6, 8 says, He has shown the old man what is good, and what does the Lord require of thee but to do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with thy God. Proverbs 16, 18 says, Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before Proverbs 29, 23 says a man's pride, and by the way, that's not gender neutral. It says a man, woman, boy, or girl's pride shall bring them low. By the way, the last time I checked, water does not flow uphill. Water always flows to the low place. So does God's grace. God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the, to the low. And ladies and gentlemen, can I say this? If you are under pressure, it might just be, it might just be, because not you just have privilege, but maybe it's a source of pride that's bringing pressure into your life. Pride produces pressure. With pride comes pressure. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to look at something. He says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of Sometimes I get really confused in life. But you know what clears the water up, Pastor Larry? You know what keeps the water from getting muddied? It's when I realize that, Dave, I'm the pot and he's the power. We have this treasure, Alex, in earthen vessels. God could have chose any other way to propagate the gospel and put his gospel in, but God chose $5 clay pots to put it in, like me. And ladies and gentlemen, you've got to realize that you're the pot and he's the power. Because here's what I found out. When you forget your source, you lose your strength. There may be somebody needs to write that down. When you forget your source, you'll lose your strength. Because what you'll be trying to do from there on out is trying to do it in your power and not his. So I'll say it again. No pressure. No power. There's some people in the Bible who try to do it in their own strength. By the way, a young man that we're going to talk about this weekend tried to do it too. A man after God's own heart committed cold-blooded murder and hot-blooded adultery at the same time. But yet he was still a man after God's own heart. And David tried to do it in his own strength and he said, you know what? She looks good. She pleases me well. Bring her to me for I'm the king and I don't have to answer to nobody. Let me tell you right now, if you're in this room and you think you're independently of, going to be an independent person of God, you're a thief because on the cross, Jesus paid your sin debt, lock, stock, and barrel, past, present, and future, not so you can live for yourself, but that you would be the pot and he would be the power. Amen. So ladies and gentlemen, what I'm trying to say is this. You don't have no pressure. You ain't got no power. I know that's terrible English, but it's great preaching. You ain't got no power. You ain't got no... You Listen, if you don't have any pressure, you ain't going to have no power. So don't forget your source. Because if you do, you'll lose your strength, or, or, Antonio. Number three, and I'm done. That was a long runway to get to the last point. Look, 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 at, look, at, the, look at the chapter. Here's what happens. 
I have found this out in my own life. I've seen it in others. When privilege comes, pressure comes. When pride comes, pressure comes. But here's the most insidious of all of them. With performance comes pressure. When you have this, when you have this concept in your mind that you've got to perform in order to merit somebody's favor, or maybe even some of you in here say, I've got to perform so I can merit God's favor. You know what's scary about that? It's an insidious thing that's going through and permeating our churches where it is, listen, it is produced and it is born in pride and manifest in performance. You say, preacher, what do you, what's your point? Folks, can I say this? I found out in my life, and I want all of you to look at me. I found out in my life that I'm walking down the path and I'm walking down the road trying to serve Jesus Christ and there is a gap between me and two areas. Number one, there's a gap between where I'm at and where I used to be. Praise God. Amen. There's a gap between where I'm at, Daniel, where I used to be. However, there's a gap between where I'm at and where I want to be. The gap back there is for gratitude. It's for me to look back and go, thank God, God brought me where I'm at and I ain't where I used to be. However, if I stay there, I'm going to die. That gap's for gratitude, but the gap from where I am to where I want to go is for growth. See, you've got a gap for gratitude, you've got a gap for growth. But in the meantime, Nathan, I'm in the middle. What do you do when you're in the middle? You know what you've got to do? You've got to cinch up and say, you know what? By mercy, God's given me this ministry, and I better not faint. I better not give up. I'm glad Billy Graham didn't give up. Y'all heard about Billy Graham today? He died. Billy Graham, the great evangelist from the United States of America, died today, 99 years of age. You know what? I'm glad that a man who probably had so much antagonism, he probably had so many naysayers, he had people say, you ain't going to be good enough. You're not good enough to do this. You'll never have the power of God on your life. He probably heard all of that, but yet thank God he didn't faint. He didn't give up. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't need to give up. See, here's what scares me is that privilege produces pressure. Pride produces pressure, but performance produces pressure. I found out there's a pride gap and there's a pressure gap too. And you know what that pressure gap is? That pressure gap, Nathan, is this. It's what I know, what I think I need to be. Okay? The pressure gap is this. It's the, the gap where, where I think I need to be and what I know God knows I really am. How many people in this room have looked over your shoulder into the stadium or into the bleachers looking for your daddy when you scored a goal on the, on the football pitch or when you hit a home run on the baseball field or whatever sporting activity you did as a young boy and you looked up in the stands to get the approval of your father? You know what? I preached a message to my people not too long ago. It, say, it was, had this premise, stop auditioning for a part God's already given you. There's too many people trying out for God. God says, you don't have to audition. You're a child of mine. It doesn't matter what your performance is. You're on the team. Amen. And so, ladies and gentlemen, the problem I got is this. Privilege can produce pressure. That's really a good thing. Because what it does is this. How many of y'all ever heard this statement? I know it's in the Bible somewhere. We've got to find this because it sounds good. God will never put more on you than you can bear. That's a bunch of baloney. That ain't even in the Bible. 
somebody made that up because they thought that would go good on a bumper sticker. You know, hashtag wrong. I mean, that's what you need to do. That doesn't work because it's not biblical. Now, God will put, listen, God will not put an area of temptation in your life that he won't give you an opportunity to run from it and get away from it. That's 1 Corinthians 10, 13. He'll always make a way for you to escape. Y'all still with me? Say amen. Some of y'all look like I'm speaking Russian or something. <laughs> Romanian. <laughs> Let me say this, guys. There comes a point in your life where you need to stop trying out. You need to stop trying out. You're trying out. You're auditioning for a part God's already given you. And understand that you need to be grateful for where God brought you from. Amen. But you need to understand that if you stay there, you're going to wither up and die. You've got to grow. And that means you've got to go forward. So you know what? You say, gratitude, growth. I think I can be grateful while I grow. And I'm going to move and press toward the mark. Jesus said, no man having put his hand to the plow, looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Stop focusing on back there. You can't live in the past, but thank God you can learn from the past. Amen? Amen. Now, if you want to, you can live in the past. And the devil, the accuser of the brethren, is going to come to you every single day and say, you ain't enough. I remember you when. I know what you did when you was 12. Matter of fact, some of, him, some of you, he could say, I know what you did yesterday evening. <laughs> Devil's come whisper your ear and say, I know what you did three hours ago before you came to church. It got quiet right there, didn't it? See, here's the problem, folks. When it's rooted in pride, it'll always surface in performance. David felt like he had to perform. Samson felt like he had to perform to get the applause of men. But can I say this, folks? If you do what you do for Jesus Christ, listen, you might be imitated, but you'll never be duplicated. God made one of you. There'll never be nobody like you. You are one of one. Amen? You are one of one. And ladies and gentlemen, it's time for us to understand that pressure comes. By the way, maybe the reason pressure is coming into our life, Alex, is not because of what we're handling, but how we're handling it. Maybe the real reason why pressure comes into my life is not because of what I'm going through, but how I handle what I'm going through. And by the way, folks, you know what? I'll be honest with you. I probably couldn't have preached this 15 years ago. Because I thought I had been through something. No, you've got to have some people hate your guts and write your hate mail and tell you you got to get out of your church and one you started you got to leave. Oh, I, really? I got to leave. Okay. And humble you. And bury two children. And all of these other things. you got to go through some pressure in order to have power. Now, I'm trying to preach my guts out here to you because I want you to understand if you are under pressure, you need to count it all glory and honor for Jesus' sake because we have this treasure in earth vessels. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'll ask you a question. What are you going through? What pressure are you going through that you feel like is going to overtake you? It may be financial pressure. It may be economical pressure. It may be depression. 
It may be anxiety. It may be an emotional thing. It may be the separation of a, of a member of your family. It doesn't have to be, listen, it doesn't have to be anything in particular, but it can be that life comes at you to where you say, I don't know if I can take this no more. Let me give you a little hint. God knows exactly how much you can take. Can I say this, folks? Sometimes the enemy comes to me and he'll point out something in my life. You know what Paul says in this scripture? I don't have to go through life and have the devil point at me and bring accusation against me, but what I don't get to tell him, one thing. See, here's what Paul's saying. Paul said, this light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. You know what I can do when the devil points at me? I can point back, not at him, but this way. Because listen, I'm the pot! He's the power. So devil, before you roll up on me, you need to understand, I've got a heavenly Father who's already defeated you and you know that. I've got angels all encamped around around me. Before you won't roll up on me, you need to understand who I am. I'm a child of Almighty God. Amen? So ladies and gentlemen, number one, privilege. With privilege comes pressure. With pride comes pressure. And with performance comes pressure. Why are you still trying to perform and try out for a part? That God said, I've already given you the power, the, in, the, listen, the integrity and the stamina to do exactly what I've called you to do. Stop trying out. Can I tell you why? Because the result of pressure. You know what the result of pressure is? We got on an airplane two days ago, Dave. And do you know what? There were two young men that went to Kitty Hawk, North Carolina years ago. And they said, you know, we're going to defy what they say can't be done. We're going to make sure there is a structure that gets in the air and flies called an airplane. Do you know where that airplane started? It started in a bicycle shop in the middle of a little podunk town in North Carolina. And you, see what he, you know what they said? We're going to make sure. Listen, don't never despise small beginnings. I'm telling you right now, God begins to do a work in your life. He's going to start it in a bicycle shop. And today we flew on a plane 37,000 feet above everything that would sit, would defy the odds. And you know what they have to do before you can get in a plane? They have to pressurize the cabin. Oh, let me tell you something. If you're ever going to get above your circumstances, Antonio, we've got to go through pressure. God has to pressurize us. To get over the circumstances. To get over the depression. To get over the anxiety. To get over the suicidal thoughts. To get over all that stuff to defy what man might say can't be done. But the angels looked at Mary and said, with God, all things are possible. Ladies and gentlemen, you've got to be pressurized. Can I say something and I'll end with this? The greatest pressure that was ever demonstrated was not at Calvary. It was at Gethsemane. For in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus got on his knees and he prayed three times that, listen, he would pass that cup from him. And he sweat like it were great drops of blood on the ground. You talk about pressure. But Jesus got down. And let me say something, folks. The Savior's greatest pressure became the world's greatest power. Jesus said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And because of that, folks, we have a Savior in heaven who, listen, who paid for our sins. We have an entrance into heaven. And listen, an inheritance that's incorruptible and undefiled that fades not away, reserved in heaven for us. Because pressure produced power. 
Pressure produced power. I'll start it. You help me finish it. No pressure. No pressure. Look at the last, look at the next to the last verse, or look at the last verse of chapter number four. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at things which are not. Do you know that that makes no sense to natural people? Natural people look at us, Antonio, and say, You're cray, you're cray cray. You are cray cray. You, you, need to have, you need to sue your brain for non support. That's what they say. Because you're crazy. You, you use that as a crutch. Can I say something, folks? If I'm in a tree and a total stranger walked by me and said, Jump from that tree, I'll catch you. I'll have, I'm not going to trust that person. I don't know them. But if my daddy walked on that tree and said, Jump, it wouldn't take me but 2.2 seconds. I'd be out of that tree and in his arms. Why? Because I know him. I've trusted him. I've seen what he can do. And by the way, folks, you can have that same relationship with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You don't have to worry about what the world says. You don't have to worry about the pressure you're going through because God entrusted you with the pressure he's put on your life so you would have power on yours. And so you would understand that the power don't come from you. It comes from him. Because if you try to fight it in your own strength, you're going to make a mess. So let me ask you a question. What level of pressure is in your life? Is it privilege? Is it pride? Scarier, is it performance? We've got a lot of Christians performing. Sitting in church. Well, I wonder if a preacher saw what I did. Oh, what, what did he think about that prayer? Oh, how did I take the offering? Who cares? Get over yourself. Amen. Oh, I wonder how I sing. You know what the scary thing about that is? We're performing when G listen, we ought to be singing when we're singing because he lives or we're singing it as well. We ought to be singing to an audience of one. We're not singing to us. We're singing to him. So what level of pressure are you under? The songwriter put it this way. He never promised that the cross would not get heavy and the hill would not be hard to climb. He never offered our victories without fighting, but he said help would always come in time. So just remember when you're standing in the valley of decision and the adversary says give in, just Hold on, our Lord will show up and He will take you through the fire again. Amen? Amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Nobody looking around. I wonder this evening if you'd say, Preacher, I've been under some pressure. i got some pressure in my life and I just want you to lift me up. Maybe privilege has caused it. Maybe responsibility has caused it. But maybe it's a level and an area of pride in your life that's caused it. And what it's done is it's manifested itself in performance. And this performance can bring about pressure. Jesus said, you don't have to audition for me. I got this. What about you today? You'd say, preacher, God's spoken to my heart and I'm going through a level of pressure in my life.
But I know the result of that pressure can be power on my life if I let God fight my battles. By the way, God will put more on you than you can bear so you'll do totally depend on Him and realize the power and the excellency of it may be of Him and not of you. You would say, preacher, pray for me. God has spoken to me. I just want you to lift me up in prayer. Anybody like that? Just raise it up and put it back down. God bless you, friend. God bless you, young lady. Thank you, friend. God bless you. God bless you, ma'am. Anybody else? I want to lift you up. I want to pray for you. Anybody else? Say, pray for me. I'm going through some pressure that's insurmountable. Thank you. God bless you, babe. Anybody else? Thank you, friend. God bless you, sister. Hey, can we do this right now? Can we just stand with heads bowed and eyes closed, standing to our feet right now? Brother Larry's going to come. And we're gonna we're gonna sing an invitation hymn. But I want you to do this. I want you to think about the words of this song. It says, All to Jesus, I surrender, all to him I gladly loan. No, it don't say that. It says, All to him I freely give. What area of pressure are you holding on to? I promise you this. Paul said, We're not crushed. But that means, you know what? We can be if we don't give over this pressure to Him. I wonder what pressure, area and level of pressure you want to surrender tonight. Pastor Lear is going to come and lead us and I surrender all. I want you to sing it like you mean it. And if there's something that you're holding on to, let it go and let God have it. Amen?